This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Investec Asset Management. Value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. It's that time of the year when the team at Investec Asset Management publish their annual investment views to share their outlook for the next 12 months. You can access all of these viewpoints by going to www.investecassetmanagement.com forward slash investment views 2019. But now I'm with Wilfred Wee, portfolio manager on the line from Singapore, Investec Asset Management in Singapore, of course, to share his views for 2019. And Wilfred, you put out a very bold statement in a report that I received from your desk saying that China bonds are in a switch spot more or less across the board. Yes, indeed, Lindsay. The thinking here really is that China, as we know, is facing some growth headwinds. It started earlier this year with intentional deleveraging domestically. I think as the year has gone by with uh, trade tensions from the US, we see sentiment a little bit dampened, and it looks like China's growth will potentially slow next year. The IMF and its recent World Economic Outlook softened its outlook for Chinese growth in 2019-20, and uh, we see potentially growth slowing towards the low 6% range. At the same time, inflation seems relatively anchored, and the idea there really is that monetary policy as well as fiscal policy will move towards more accommodative stance to support growth, and in such a growth-inflation mix, being muted and, and fairly anchored, we think that bonds, especially onshore bonds, will be in the sweet spot and the yields are likely to be kept even as global rates actually elsewhere go higher. Yes, indeed. So what we've got is the big macro picture and almost bonds 101, if you like, saying we've got growth, but it's modest growth. It's not running away. And therefore, inflation is not a risk for the future. And it is very impressive the way that the Chinese authorities have managed to switch their policies somewhat in order to stop the runaway train that was growth. How important has that been? In terms of their proactive behaviour, I think that the communication has has improved. There's a lot more um, coordination among the uh, main financial regulators. And I think the key really is that they realize that the leverage that was built up post the great financial crisis could become something more systemic. And uh, there's a lot more concerted effort really to to stem any uh, financial bubbles. So we would expect further policy measures to soothe the property market somewhat. But meanwhile, I think there is still a concerted focus on stable growth. Um, there are still targets to be met, and we would expect the reforms, potentially in um, even the SOE sector, to come in. Uh, meanwhile, I think there's good expectation that uh, a corporate tax, VAT tax cuts could come in to help support the consumer. You say something that is incredibly important and certainly sharply in focus in the minds of many international investors. You say, we think the near-term risk of significant renminbi depreciation is limited unless, unless being the caveat here, the US presses ahead with 25% tariffs on all imports. Now, this makes the Buenos Aires meeting between President Xi and President Trump incredibly important. Yes, I, my, my sense is that the Chinese do not want to go with a sharp devaluation uh, following lessons that they learned from 2015. There's not something, it's not currency depreciation and it's not a tool in itself that the Chinese want to use. They are more focused on long-term goals such as industrial upgrading, or moving up the value chain. But, you know, if U.S. actually becomes extremely aggressive 
over time, then Economics 101 would argue for some form of accommodation and for the currency to take some form of weakening. But I think we go back to some of the basics as well, which is what's anchoring uh, the frustration with the, uh, by the Americans is the persistent trade surplus that the Chinese have been running. The recent correction in commodity prices would also mean that the current account uh, balance for China overall actually remains even small positive at least. So that I think will at least anchor the overall balance of payments. And of course, we are looking at potential um, inflows on the capital markets, both on the equity and bond side next year. Increasing the sweetness of Chinese bonds or the attractiveness of Chinese bonds, of course, has been the recent development that many onshore bonds have been included in major global indices. And that, of course, allows certain fund managers to invest in bonds, whereas previously they were not allowed to because of their exclusion from these indices. And you say that this will hasten the mainstreaming of Chinese fixed income and potentially spark significant fund flows. Have we already started to see that, Wilfred? Yeah, I think the index inclusion um, potentially next year, um, 2019, to some of the major indices such as the Global Aggregate Index and also to the JP Morgan Emerging Market Index will spearhead the discussion and the investments into Chinese fixed income. I think so far we've seen um, significant inflows already into the Chinese bond markets. The number is about $200 billion. Majority of that has been still from the reserve managers, central banks of the world. Um, asset managers have still extremely underweight China. And we say that in the context of the Chinese bond market being the third largest in the world, yet having foreign participation of just around 3%. So I think the reality is that Chinese fixed income is extremely underrepresented in global allocations. And with index inclusion, we should expect the mainstreaming of uh, Chinese bonds. Because they're relatively underbought, Chinese bonds that is, you say that the valuation correction offshore generates attractive investment opportunities. So in short, you're saying they're cheap. I think the, uh, there, are two, there are two slightly different markets here. One is the opening up of the onshore bond market, which is going to be a pivotal development next year. But what has recently happened is in the offshore US dollar bond markets, this is a market that has been, been around for a while and uh, foreign investors have been allocating into uh, US dollar Chinese credits. But with the rise in the US interest rates and also the widening of credit spreads, we've finally seen valuations in this space uh, reach much more attractive levels than they were two years ago. I think two years ago, there was a mad grab for anything that had yield. And that I think the exuberance in, in credit markets has uh, taken a pause more recently. And ultimately, we're looking at a Chinese companies that are well run and that have good balance sheets. And uh, with this valuation correction, we're thinking there's a lot more opportunity going forward. Just to summarise, and just to give us an idea for those of us that aren't that familiar with the Chinese bond market, what particular sectors of the bond market do you like? I mean, you say it's a sweet spot for Chinese bonds, more or less across the board, as I said in my introduction. But any particular areas that stand out for you, Wilfred? I think for the growth inflation story that we talked about, the sweet spot there is really the uh, onshore government bonds. So we would want to go onshore to get duration, um, to play the more moderate growth inflation play there. And when it comes to credit, when we think of the risk and the premium that we get for being exposed to Chinese corporate debt, we would veer towards the offshore US dollar space just because uh, transparency is a little bit better uh, and access to management for those companies tends to be a bit easier as well. And uh, I think when we want liquidity as well, we would find it more in the offshore Chinese credit market. 
But of course, as the economy faces uh, growth headwinds, we want to be extremely selective and uh, be very careful in the names that we invest in. Wilfred, thank you very much for your insight. That's Wilfred Wee, Portfolio Manager at Investec Asset Management in Singapore. In South Africa, Investec Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider.